0: Welcome to Keep Calm and Homeschool On. I'm your host, Rebecca from homeschoolon.com. I am a homeschool mom of five young children, and I was homeschooled myself. This is my podcast where I share Tips and resources and whatever else I have on my mind that morning today's episode is going to be all about math and I have written quite a bit about math but I haven't done a podcast about it and I thought it would be fun to just kind of bring that on over to my podcast where I can talk about it freely and share with you guys kind of what we're using this year um, some of the different ones we've used what I feel like the pros and cons are of the different math curriculums that we've tried and just have an honest math chat I've got my coffee I hope you do too and let's get started you guys it is morning which you know it's not 5 o'clock in the morning which means that my kids could possibly interrupt and if not my children we have a new little kitten if you've been watching my Instagram you may have seen that and she is relentless and playful and I'm babysitting her downstairs so that she doesn't wake up all my children. So you may hear some flopping. I literally am dangling yarn from one hand while I podcast, which is difficult because you may have never seen me podcast, but when I podcast, I move my arms. I wave them around frantically like I am conducting some sort of choir. It's really quite insane and I just hope that no one is watching me speak into a microphone with my hands. You know just doing something in the air anyways so (laughs) you may hear some noises I apologize for that Um, that's my real life and I hope that you have your real life going on around you too so maybe it will give you permission to do the dishes or I don't know sip coffee because I'm gonna do that and I'm not even gonna filter that out because that's my real life okay so today we're talking about math and I want to keep it kind of short so that we don't have screaming in the background um, so right now, for math, we, we are using a few different things. I'm using Right Start with my daughter, my, my beautiful, brilliant challenge of a daughter that nothing seems to work for, Right Start does. It is expensive, but it works. Um, I am using Saxon Math. I just bought it, and I've heard so many people talk about it, um, and I did have... That was the one I couldn't get my hands on. I did a review on YouTube, which I will post the link. I don't know if you guys know, but I post all my podcast episodes on my blog. So if you go to homeschoolon.com at the top, you'll see podcasts and you can find this episode and any links that I've talked about in any of my episodes or any relevant blog posts or anything, I post in there. So whether you're finding me on you or sorry, YouTube, on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you listen to me from, you can also go and find more information on my blog. So I will post that there, that YouTube video, but I reviewed 10 different math curriculums. I show you inside of them and I talk about each one. Now, the ones I was the least familiar with in that video were Jump Math and there's another one. Um, that I literally got for the sake of the video, and so then I like looked through it to try to have a good understanding of what it was like, and showed you and talked about it. I didn't try to give a lot of personal opinion in the video. I more tried to just show you. Is um, Singapore was the other one? I more tried to just show you inside and let you guys make your own decisions. But I and what kind of homeschool approach and learning style it would work the best for. So that was the video that I did. Now, the one that I couldn't get my hands on because it's harder to get here in Canada is Saxon. And Saxon is, you know, really expensive. And I was at a little homeschool thing. Oh, yes. Okay. There's the kitten. That's annoying. Oh, she's going to launch onto my desk. Oh my gosh, that was insane. Um, I was at a homeschool convention and I, it wasn't really a convention, it was a, it was a a provider that had come to where I live. And, oh my goodness, you have to go on my desk? Like She's saying hello. She's got something very important to say, that or she's going for my coffee. Get out of here. Oh, type it on my computer now. Okay, Um. so I picked it up. Like a hundred and something dollars later, I picked it up. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to do it either for the review or for my son, I'm going to try it out. So, um, if you want to know a little bit more about my kids and where I place them and why certain things it will be helpful for you to listen to last week's episode, because I talk a little bit about kids falling behind and particularly my daughter and my son, who are the ones that I'm not using math lessons for living education for, because they, they are, um, what I thought was not at their level, and I talk a lot more about that, their strengths, their weaknesses, and whatever else. So that will give you more of an indicator. I'll do a brief overview here, but I don't wanna you know, repeat myself for those of you that listen weekly. Anyway, so I'm using Saxon, long story short, Saxon, I'm using Right Start, and I'm using Math Lessons for Living Education. I have also used, personally, a Becca. I have tried with my kids uh, teaching textbooks, and Matthew C. So, those are the ones that I have personal experience with. I've also kind of supplemented with Life of Fred a little bit. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any I'm missing, but I think that's most of our math history summed up. So, I have a pretty good understanding of some of the more basic maths. There's other ones I have not tried. Um, that you know I just I can't speak to but I can speak to those ones and I want to share first of all why we're using the ones we're using and then I will give a brief overview of why we're not using the other ones why we chose to go with these ones and not not some of the others that I listed that we've tried so with Math Lessons for a Living Education, it is by far my favorite math curriculum. It is only elementary. Right now she's working on level K, which is really exciting because so far there hasn't been anything for kindergarten. Some people try to use the level one with kindergartners and some people are successful, others are not because kindergarten, it really depends on the level of your child if they're unable to really write um, well or don't have that that control with their pencil grasp or whatever, then they are gonna struggle. So. Um, she's coming up with a kindergarten version, which is really exciting. So it goes from K to six and there are no plans to go any higher than that. After that master books has some other options, um, principles of mathematics for higher levels. It is Christian based math curriculum. So it's story based, it's Charlotte Mason inspired and the stories are all incorporating God all throughout. So it's not it's definitely not something where there's lots of Christian math. A Becca's an example. It's a Christian math publisher, but it doesn't other than having maybe the odd like picture of Noah's Ark that you're doing math around, it doesn't actually doesn't actually like scream out God in everything where a secular person could absolutely use a Becca and be fine with it. Um but a secular person would not want to use math lessons for living education because the stories are just it's so incorporated so it's a pro for those of you like me who are christians that that love that kind of thing um but that's definitely something to think about so with math lessons for living education like i said what makes it charlotte mason in its approach and again if you're not very familiar with some of the homeschool styles i have homeschool styles quiz i will link in the blog post i also um have done podcast episodes about charlotte mason homeschooling and what that looks like but it's basically a style, and it's based off of Charlotte Mason, who was a real person um, and had a philosophy of education that was educating the whole child, not just their mind, but also their heart and you know who they are. And so it's it's about having just this feast of learning, expecting greatness, but only giving small amounts so that we're not overwhelming our kids. Um, read alouds, copywork, narration, those are all Charlotte Mason principles so um so those are the kind of things that are incorporated into math lessons for living education there's narration there's copy work and that's kind of how they're starting to learn their numbers or concepts is by copying them out which is really really unique um, as well it's got the story-based learning so what happens with that is that it is tying in these math concepts with real life all around them. And what we'll often find with math curriculum is they kind of learn it, but it doesn't mean anything to them. And so they're learning it for the sake of a test or for the assignment and they're forgetting. And so you constantly, that's where we have to go to these more cyclical programs rather than mastery approach because we need to constantly be reinforcing because our kids forget because these are just random facts that don't actually mean anything they don't sink in. So when we can incorporate real life, when we can have kids understand patterns in nature and patterns in life and and where these things come into play, then they are actually they're actually remembering it because they can put themselves in that situation. They can see how this math makes sense in the real world and how to apply it in the real world and therefore they remember it. So I've had so much success with math lessons for living education, not just Um, not just because it works really well for our family, not just because my kids love it, not just because it works with any learning style. I mean, those all help, but more because it is so successful. My kids remember and we move on and they really master these concepts and they get them and we don't have to go back and repeat. Now it does, it is a mastery approach in that it it helps your children fully master. However, it also does have that cyclical approach in that it, it brings in review all the time. So it works well for kids that need extra reinforcement as well as kids that, that learn it fast and move on. Sometimes we'll even skip sections if I feel like, for example, in the level one, My daughter's using it and she doesn't need to copy 0 to 10. She's got those numbers down. So sometimes I'll skip it. Sometimes I'll bring it back in just for her neatness or whatever. But sometimes I'll skip things like that if I feel like she's really mastered. So I use, like with anything, you guys, you have to use curriculum. And I mean use it because you have the, the option of saying do this, do extra of this, or don't do this. So don't feel like you have to do absolutely everything with any curriculum. So... Um, It works really, really well for us. One of the biggest things that people will say is, is it enough? Because there's a lot of reviews. Compared to other math curriculums, it's light. So what I mean by that is we're going to talk about Saxon next because I'm moving up to what my next child is doing. I'm doing it with um, my youngest two and my oldest is Math Lessons for Living Education. Um, So compared to other math curriculums, it is light, and it is like way less actual physical work, and it introduces things um, a little bit slower. And the reason for that is that we're trying to gather the kids that have been left behind, gather the kids that have gaps. And so, for me, what I did to help, a, a same a, my my fears about that, okay? Because I was like, well, is it? Let's 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 figure out this question once and for all. I don't want just tell people it is. I want to figure it out. So I went to teaching textbooks. Um, And I started comparing the end of Math Lessons for Living Education book with a placement test of what they should know when they're going into the next grade in teaching textbooks. And they totally lined up. So your kids are learning what they're supposed to learn in that grade level. It's just done in a lighter, slower method. And that works well even for kids. In my opinion, I've got some kids that are really, really advanced in their math my oldest is like he finds things really easy so i will either jump him ahead or have him do levels faster or whatever to to fill in the gaps that might be there because there are always gaps and make sure that everything is mastered that should be mastered and then we move on to the next thing and it is not so overwhelming because rather than being an hour of math it's 20 minutes and i've just i don't know you guys i can tell you that they will learn what they need to learn but it will be a whole lot more enjoyable. The only person stressing if it's enough is you because your kids are like, great. It's like winning the lottery. This math is like way less intense than some of the other ones. So um, so that's Math Lessons for Living Education. And that's why we love it. And I do have a coupon code. It is Rebecca's Friend. Because you're my friend. All one word. Um, and again, I'll post the link to Math Lessons for Living Education Um and where you can get the placement test for it as well as the coupon code on my blog. Alright, it's coffee time. If you have a mug of coffee, this is kind of like the intermission where you get to take a big gulp. And I specifically sipped there so you could hear it and gulp along with me. What is my cat doing? Oh, she's playing in my receipts. Really. As long as she doesn't eat them um okay so let's move on so my two youngest are using that and my oldest so now let's go to my middle two the ones that i talk about in my falling behind series or any of my struggling things okay so before i talk about my son i he is he was preemie and he's behind developmentally in almost everything even just a little bit immature compared to other kids his age wild i'm a launching cat don't mind her no don't drink my coffee um, so I went and got their eyes tested and he has had his eyes tested before. It's been a while because we lived in Massett. No, nope, nope. One second, guys. Um, it's been a while because we lived in, um, Massett, which is Haida Gwaii, Queen Charlotte Islands. Go look it up on a map, show your kids. It's like this random little island underneath Alaska. Anyways, we lived there before we lived here, and there wasn't really eye doctors, and so we had this kind of lull. And then we've lived here for a year, and it's it, it's been like four years. Okay, don't judge me. So my son is turning nine, and we went and got their eyes tested, and I just wasn't all my kids were fine when I got them tested last, uh, but he was like five when we did that. So, anyways, he is far sighted, yeah, can't see near. So he's got like a plus two prescription and needs to see like wear glasses all the time. And I felt a little sick because the kid is like nine. And here we're like trying to intervene in reading and, and writing specifically. Like he's he's not where he should be with reading. And and one of the things we've noticed is that he skips words or he mixes up words or he, um, you know, that kind of thing. And so we're like, oh, what's going on? Is this some like phonetic something? Is he behind phonetically? And I'm like, oh, he just can't see. <laughs> So um, now I feel like I just need to like take him out of the whole expectation that my son is behind and just give him some time to see what glasses do for him. So those are hopefully coming in this week. And that's a public service announcement to get your kids eyes tested. Yeah. Uh, So anyways, but with math, he's always been smart as a whip. He really has. And so I've been trying to find what works for him that, that challenges him and interests him. And so with him, I thought, okay, Saxon, I've heard it's really, really intense. I'm just going to try it. So I got the five, four, which I thought was like grade five because it has a five on it. And maybe like it's a blend. Maybe they do two grades in one. I don't know. I was new to Saxon and I've learned that that's their grade four equivalent. So I'm not sure why they do five, four. It's a little weird, but whatever five four grade four and he is in grade four he's turning nine he's supposed to be in grade four so that's right at his grade level um and he was doing like level two math before that okay so grade two math like he was not i did not think he was ready for grade four math but we just started and man he is doing really well so here's the thing with saxon saxon is like you start off with like mental math least in the level three the the four the one to three is different there's like a morning meeting um it's it's a a little bit of a different layout there's manipulatives there's all this different stuff but with the grade it switches around that grade four they're five four level it's a little different so you start off with mental math and then there is a lesson and then there's lesson practice which we do either some we have to do written but we do a lot of it verbally as well and then they have this mixed practice so that is 26 questions that he has to do on his own it's a lot. Before he even starts, there's like a speed drill essentially. And that's a hundred math questions to help build his automatic response and get him doing things really, really fast. Yes, I know. I hear you. She's literally like hugging me. She's wrapping her paws around my neck and licking my face. Oh my goodness. Shh. You're interrupting. It's really rude. Yeah, I know. Um. Anyways, so I don't know. I'm looking at all this math and I'm like, okay, first of all, he's going to get overwhelmed. And second of all, like I'm overwhelmed because I don't have time for this. Come on, you guys. Like I'm already, I have to help my kindergartner. I have to help my grade one, my grade six. If I don't help him, he just does the laziest work I've ever seen and skips stuff and does stuff wrong. Like I have to be standing over him, like directing him. I'm a little bit like a choir director. Okay. In grade six, you become a choir director, just so you know, with reading, not with reading with writing, with any assignments, because otherwise they do like the, I don't know, maybe maybe it's just boys, I don't know, but my oldest is a, is a boy. So my experience so far with grade six is that you have to be on top of them or they'll say they did it and they didn't or they'll do it but they'll do lazy, like it's just annoying. So welcome to life in middle school. Anyways, so um, I've got a lot I'm doing, okay? And we're gonna talk about my daughter too. I'm doing right start math with her. Everything needs mommy. Anna's getting a little old. I'm like, I don't know how much more I can add. So Saxon math is another thing that needs mommy <laughs> and it's longer and needs mommy even more. What are you doing to my face? She's got her paw. Oh, I can't even, I need to take like a video of what my cat is doing with my face. Can you go play? <laughs> hmm. Maybe my kids need to wake up Go watch my cat. Um, anyways, so I don't know, whatever. I just tried it. So the hundred questions the first few times was overwhelming for him. It's like the speech real thing. It is getting better and better and better. It's the same questions right now. I don't know. I'm assuming it's eventually going to change, but it's the same questions over and over and over again. So we're like on lesson six. So for six days in a row, he's been doing the exact same questions every day. And I am finding is getting easier and easier, faster, faster. It's building his confidence, and he's doing really, really well with that. So he starts off with that. The lesson itself takes me about – it's really the same as Right Start. It's like 15 to 20 minutes of me sitting with him, okay? Okay. Then what I find is this mixed practice. So the mixed practice, these 26 questions, sometimes it's a little much. Now that we're like on lesson six, it's repeating itself a lot, like a lot, a lot, a lot where I'm like, okay, he kind of, I know my son knows this concept already because I'm sitting here doing it with him. So to have to do it over and over and over again is a little frustrating for him. Also, what's overwhelming for him is actually writing out the 26 because they do it in a notebook. So I bought him a grid notebook that he's working in and actually sitting down and doing it in that notebook is a little daunting for him. So what helps is if I sit with him and do that mixed practice. If I don't, I think Saxon is too overwhelming for him. It's too much. Compared to something like Math Lessons for Living Education, it's a fraction of the work and they're getting the same, I think, value of education. So for me as a parent... And for my son, as to him getting overwhelmed, I feel like the only way Saxon is going to be effective for us is if I sit and do it with him, I allow him to skip things when it's too much and when I know he's mastered it, and I either write the questions down or I verbally help him and say, okay, now what about this one? What do you think about that? Because as soon as I walk away, he's in La La Land, and he's playing with a car, and it's been an hour, and he hasn't done anything. So it works, and it works really well, and he really enjoys it, but it's... it's, its success rate, I feel like is highly dependent on me and it's a big commitment. So that's just something to think about. If you're considering Saxon, if you've heard of Saxon, that's my personal experience with it. Um, and we're going to try it as long as it works. And as when it stops working and I, I struggle because in one way with math is the one thing you don't really want to hop around on. And yet we hop around a lot. And yet I'm so willing to hop around if it's not working for us because it is not worth killing yourself over math. Like fill the gap, fill the gap somehow and go and switch to something else. So we have so much different things we can use, we can pull from that I could easily say if it wasn't working, okay, we're going to now go and use level three of math lessons for living education. And I have it on standby in case that happens. So anyways, that's where we're at right now with him. And then my daughter is doing Right Start. Now, Right Start is totally different, very expensive. It comes with this math manipulatives kit. um, And yeah, it's a fortune. It's like, I, I mean, if you're not getting the kit, it's cheaper. But with the kit and everything else, it was, like, over $300 value. Like, it's expensive. Um, so Right Start is taught in a completely different way, though. The mastery approach is phenomenal. I don't think that there is anything that is as um, fun, engaging, hands-on, and and uniquely approached as Right Start. Any child that has any struggle or deficiency or delay or learning challenge, or disability, whatever, maybe, or whatever you want to call it, will thrive with Right Start. Honestly, you guys, like if you're looking for a solution, if you're racking your brain, like Right Start, I don't know who it wouldn't work for. I know Right Start would work for all my kids. It won't work for me to do with all my kids because I cannot do those levels with all those different kids. It's just too much. It's too much. It is very parent involved. So because of that, I am I I can't. It's just not feasible for me with five children. But I can tell you that it is it is a phenomenal, phenomenal program and it is worth every single penny that you will invest in it. So I have tried many times to convince my daughter to try something else or to even try something else and see and it just she her brain, I don't I don't know how to explain it, but she definitely has some challenges that we're facing. Um, There are some delays. She thinks completely different than me. Like she's, she's hands on, I'm visual. So I teach differently. She, she retains information differently and she is left-handed and so right-brained. I have another left-handed kid that is not nearly as right-brained as she is. She is just, it's like we think on different wavelengths. And so figuring out how to help her learn is almost impossible for me. It really is. It is, is I'm constantly adjusting and readjusting. So now that I found right start and now that it works so well for her, even the days that I'm like, I don't know. And I will, I have tried some other things and it's always tears or totally ineffective. Right start works. Right start sticks. It, it is it built her confidence. It's fun. She enjoys it. So same thing It's 20 to 40 minutes, depending on if I'm doing the math games with her, there's card games in almost every lesson. And I've decided I'm not doing those anymore. Okay. Because I'm gonna go insane and I have to learn a new card game like almost every day, and I don't enjoy that. I'm not a huge, I don't know, games person on the best of days. So I'm gonna get my son, my oldest son is going to learn the card games and he's gonna do them with her. And I'm gonna say, now you and Caleb get to go do math. And then once he teaches her, they can maybe incorporate some of the other kids and do math games. I don't know. I'll, I'll work it into my day somehow. Here's math game time in our day. I don't know. But because they are really effective. They are a great way to reinforce without having to do drills. Um, so I love the games. I just don't love doing them. <laughs> so that's just some real life for you. But as far as the actual lesson, it really, it's way less written work, way less. Some days there's not any written work other than they work on a whiteboard and kind of work out their problems. Um, But a lot of times it's just hands on or it's like one page of a worksheet. So it's way less written. It's way more conversation and discussion and hands on. Let's show you and play with this math concept. So it is like just amazing. I, I can't even say enough about it. It is amazing, but it takes me time. And with Saxon taking me time, and then working with my younger kids, and you know, choreographing my older son, um, math is a big chunk of our day. And math lessons for living education, like I said, for my younger kids, it's like ten minutes. It's not like it's this huge investment of time. It's just that I have five kids. Five kids times anything is long and because I have to do them separate and I have tried, I did try doing right start with both my son and my daughter, but my son is just so fast at things and my daughter, they just, they learn so differently that it was just, it was irritating for both of them and for me. So here we are doing like three different math curriculums in our day and therefore it takes us at least a good hour, hour and a half to get our math done, which I kind of have to readjust my schedule, my routine, um, and, and how we do our day because that's a much bigger chunk than I was anticipating. Um, so that's kind of where we're at for math. I can tell you a little bit, it's getting longer than I had hoped, so we need another sip of coffee. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about some of the other math curriculums I used and pros and cons and why I'm not using them. All right, that's getting cold. That's disappointing. Okay, so Abeka. I grew up using Abeka. I used Abeka math uh, most of my growing up, and it is a very just traditional. Abeka itself is a very traditional program, meaning it's just bookwork. Just just do the work. Here's a little lesson. Do the work. Here, reading a textbook. Do the work. Um, which, in my opinion, is not the very best way to learn but it is effective for a lot of parents. I see the draw in it. I have actually like tried to get my kids back onto it, to be honest, because the draw is that as a parent, it's just do your work. Like, no, go do it. Like it's, it's simple, right? But retention wise, mastery wise, um, I don't find it necessarily the most effective way to teach And it's not the most enjoyable way. For sure, it would not work for my daughter. Like, no question, that would not work for her. It might work for some of my other kids, but it's that retention factor that um, I feel like I I can do better. And I want to give my kids a really strong foundation of math. That's really important to me, so I want to give them the best of the best. And I feel like right now, I am giving each child the best of the best for them. Another one that I've tried is teaching textbooks. And I have considered, I did start my son on that at the beginning of this year, we were starting him on teaching textbooks before we switched to Saxon. And again, with all my kids, um, what ends up happening is that they'll finish an entire year and then they'll sit down and take a little break and go back to it. And I feel like we're going back to the beginning. It just does not stick. It does not stick. Even using the workbooks alongside, which I have tried doing, it just does not stick I don't know it's just for me it's it doesn't stick with them and so again I feel like I'm wasting my time I get all my time because it can be a lot more independent I can get my child to do the worksheets and then I can get them to do you know the lesson to kind of do the teaching portion of it but if they're not retaining anything then in the end we're wasting everybody's time because Now, what? So, I just, I've tried it over and over, kind of thinking maybe this time it will be different. Maybe if I use the workbooks, maybe if I, but I just keep finding this retention factor is a big issue. And so, for me, again, when it comes to mastery, that's so important to me. It's not just getting through a year, it's have we gotten through that year and do you really truly understand it? Can we put this into into either mental math or real life application math, and can you show me that you know this? Because if you can't, if you can't explain it to me, if you can't teach it to me, if you can't show it to me, then we're wasting our time, and I don't have a lot of time to waste. So that is why I haven't gone with teaching textbooks. Um, the other one that we have used is Matthew C. And Matthew C. I loved. I was a diehard Matthew C. Um, like person advocate. When we first started, we used it all the way from K to, oh, I don't know, I guess like alpha. We used it from primer to alpha. Um, So I guess not super, super long. Oh no, beta. Beta? The next one, the yellow one. Um, Anyways, so we used it for quite a while. I have all the blocks and I still use them as manipulatives. They're great. Um, And I really loved a lot of things with the approach. I loved the lessons. I found that it got to be overkill and i found that it got to be to the point where if if i was ever going to put my kids in school, which I always kind of do keep in the back of my mind. I don't want to teach to, you know, public school expectations, but I do want to keep in the back of my mind that if they were to go to school, where would they be at? And I think that because it's such a mastery approach where it's like, okay, this whole year, we're pretty much only going to learn addition. And the next year we're only going to learn subtraction. Well, great. Except for that by the end of grade two, when other kids know the basics of, you know, way more like geometry and... Um, even basics of algebra and all this other stuff, my kids have learned addition and subtraction. They don't know anything about multiplication, division, none of those things. Now I'm building a really strong foundation and eventually they're going to be caught up and ahead of their peers. There's no question. So as long as you're planning on using it for a really long time, Matthew C can work. But even aside from that, so that was kind of the first thing. The second thing that I found with it was just, it was getting to be overkill. It was like my kids were sick of doing the same thing. They felt like they'd mastered it a long time ago and we're going to cover it still for the next, you know, 6 weeks before we, you know, are getting getting to the point where I don't know, for them it was just they weren't enjoying it. And they did. They loved it. They loved it. They loved it. And then all of a sudden it was just this huge battle, this huge push. And same thing, I think you could adapt it. I think I would just make sure that you're doing it along with your child, that you can see when they've mastered something and cross things out and let them skip. And I mean, I'm doing that right now with other stuff. I do it with everything now. If, if I feel like my child, because I'm that's the beauty of doing it with them a little bit more one-on-one, is that you can start to see what they've really mastered. And I mean really mastered. And you can see what they what they still need help on and then what they've really mastered you cross out for a little while and then wait, wait wait here's the beauty of it you stop crossing it out for a little bit and you you know after a week I don't know what that was after a week and then you stop crossing it off again you cross it off and then you stop crossing it off after a month and you just kind of just refresh refresh every once in a while you just do the refresh and you just make sure okay you mastered it in your short-term memory but have you mastered that in your long-term memory so just adapt whatever curriculum you choose to use. There's so much of this out there. There's a lot of great stuff out there. Singapore is a lot of people just swear by it. When I looked through it, to me it was a whole different way of teaching math. It's very, very, very different. And I just don't want to wrap my head around another math curriculum right now. Um, so for me, I feel like that would be something that I think a lot of people love it who've kind of started with it and they, they stick with it. Um, but switching around to that from what we've been using or going to that from something else or to that to, you know, from that to something else, I think would be difficult because it's a very unique approach. Um, and so because of that, it wasn't a great fit for us. And the same thing with jump math, it's just very, very, very different. Um, and, and the number line is important for kids to learn, but I don't want my kids to become dependent on the number line. So anyways, these are just my thoughts, my random tidbits of thoughts after looking through all these different math curriculums. If you want an in-depth look, go check out the YouTube video. I've also done it as a blog post where you can see a big chart reviewing, you know, common core, not common core, checking off Christian, not Christian, all those different things, price point to really give you an overview at a glance. Saxon is not included in that. This is brand new my, my thoughts on Saxon. Cause it's really the first time that I've tried it. Um, so I hope that gives you some ideas when you're looking at math. And like I said, if you are absolutely, I mean, it's a month in you guys, or maybe you're listening to this podcast, you know, three months in or six months in, if you're hating your math curriculum, like hating it, and it's such a push, what is the value of finishing that and having your kids hate math and having a bad taste in your mouth about homeschooling altogether? when you could switch and yeah, you're going to be a little bit behind. There might be some gaps. There also might be some things you could skip where they could do it a lot faster or you could catch up to where you were or do it over the summer. I don't know. Don't kill yourself with a, I have to finish this if it's killing you. That's my, that's my little, my thing to leave you with today. Okay. Don't kill yourself if it's killing you or killing your child. Just, just don't be afraid to switch. So hopefully this gives you an overview of what's out there and um and what we're currently using and what we think of it now I'll try to do an update at the end of the year of what we thought of all of these different things how it worked for us and if we end up switching because I don't know if Saxon's gonna be a long term thing I can tell you right start will not sure about Saxon and for sure math lessons for living education will be for my other kids as well but um anyways it gives you an overview if you want links uh coupon codes whatever else go check it out on the blog homeschoolon.com and otherwise join me again next Monday, where hopefully there will be another podcast episode and you guys can check in on that. And if there's something you want to see here on my podcast, you guys seriously, I sometimes sit here the morning of and I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm a blank slate. There's so much information I'm constantly pumping out that I feel like it's just the same stuff over and over and over again. And I, you know, get a little uninspired. So if there's something you need to hear that's relevant to you right now, today, then you need to send me a message at Rebecca at homeschoolon.com and say, hey this is what I need to hear and I'm going crazy and I will do a podcast episode about it. I did it last week. I'll do it next week. So shoot me your ideas and I will try to incorporate that into my weekly podcast or blog post or whatever else I can in content um, to help you guys. And otherwise, I hope you have an amazing week and keep calm and homeschool on and drink coffee because that needs to be added onto my tagline like today. Okay. Talk to you guys later.